This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton back in the studio this morning and I want to say once again congratulations to uh, Danville Police Chief Christopher Yates and his new uh, command officers that we promoted yesterday. It was an amazing ceremony. I'm sorry you could not be there because it was had a lot of brass walking around. <laughs> it was. It was genuinely impressive. And um, they're good people that are really working hard to take the the Danville Police Department into the future. And I'm awful proud of all of them because they're, they're, they care so much and they want to do more. And they want to work with with Chief on, on making those changes and growing the department. So congratulations to all. Today we continue our conversation, as we've been doing off and on most of the month, about domestic violence. Um, and it's it's an issue that I, I part of me believes we're finally starting to pay more attention to, yet it has become so much of our environment and our norm that I'm not sure we understand all the impact that it's having. And Chief Yates was here a while back to talk about the calls that his department gets, and that's the majority of the calls that they get, as is the case for a lot of police departments, law enforcement officers. They're scary calls because they involve a lot of emotion and trauma. So we're trying to talk about it a little bit. So with me this morning, uh, Robin Castleberry is here, and actually she heads up the Illinois Domestic Violence Awareness Group and she's here along with her husband, Todd, who is part of the U.S. Military Domestic Violence Awareness for Military and First Responders. So good morning to both of you, and thanks for being here. Good morning. Good morning. And also here at my request, <laughs> because I'm, I'm working her to death, is Tara Wright, who heads up Prevention for Survivors Resource, uh, Prevention and Education for Survivors Resource Center. And while Survivors Resource Center focuses on sexual violence and sexual assault, uh, in many ways these issues touch each other, and it really does have to do with teaching our kids about how to have healthy relationships, and that's Tara's area of specialty, so we're going to talk to her about what they're trying to do with that topic. In the meantime... Robin, you have been gracious enough to to be willing to share with us your story. So you have the floor. Yeah. um, I am a 21-year survivor of domestic violence. So I'm going to do the really short story here, (laughs) the short version. Um, My journey with um, domestic abuse um, began um, in February of 1994. I had met um, the man that I would later marry um, at a grocery store, and he was very charming, which a lot of times they are. They're charming. Um, They're over-the-top kind, um, just too good to believe. And when you meet somebody like that, you should (laughs) a flag should go off, which it does now. But (laughs) it may not be the Cinderella story. No, it's not the Cinderella story you think it's going to be. It was a slow progression with us. um, Or I should say with him, um, because I didn't realize I was being manipulated and groomed um, for 
the um, all of the um, abuse that was about to take place. Um, our relationship lasted until um, November 18th of 2015 when I'd had enough. Um, I had been living in a hotel for about four months because we'd been kicked out of yet another place that we lived because he couldn't pay the bills. Um, you know, I tried. I worked. Um, I was a waitress. I tried to pay as much of the bills as I could. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I just didn't make enough to cover all the bills on my own. Um, and of course with abusers, usually they like to handle the money because they don't want you to have any kind of control. Um, and he knew where every penny of my money went. Um, you know, he would question, well, you know, how much did you spend here or what, you know, um, even though I worked also, but after about four months of living there, I'd had enough. Um, my daughter had repeated my cycle and got herself in an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and I had a grandson. And so I had to rescue them from that relationship and, um, they had been staying with us in the hotel. So I'd had enough. I was like, we're going, you know, me, you, and my grandson, we're going to leave. And we packed up and went about an hour and a half away to my mom's house. So, and then that's when all the harassment started. You know, when we talk about domestic violence, we very often talk about specific violent encounters and situations. And, of course, that's when police um, get called in. And it's, you know, it's like a boom. It's like a big thing. But what you said earlier on, you you talked about uh, when he started the grooming. I think that's one of the things that people... yes don't always understand about domestic violence. It doesn't happen overnight. No, it's, usually it's very subtle, a, too. an ongoing process. So talk a little bit about what you mean when you, when you refer to that. Um, it starts out where um, you get to see your family and friends less and less. And when you do see them, normally he would embarrass me to the point where <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, be around him anymore um, because of his behavior. Um, it would be things like um, body shaming. Oh, well, you don't look like you did when we first started dating. You know, you could stand to lose a little weight. Stuff like that. Um, telling you what clothes to wear. Yeah. Your hair color. You know, makeup. Oh, are you going to go out like that? Um, and then accusations. The accusations would come also. um You know, are you cheating? Why did it take you so long to get home? Well, there was traffic, or I caught a train, you know. But in their eyes, it's, um, you know, you're doing the things that they probably are doing or would like to do. So they accuse you. So it's kind of like um, projection or something like that. So, so Sarah, when you look at educating our kids, trying to help them understand how to have healthier relationships. One of the things in common, really Robin just referred to it, between sexual assault and violence and domestic violence, their tie is usually control. That's correct. And the, the, <clears throat> the more insecure you are in reality, honestly, whether you realize it or not, if you're, if you're, Insecure enough that someone being, uh, a man being nice to you trips your trigger. I mean, it makes it, I'm not, and I'm not denigrating. I'm saying this is really real. All of a sudden, somebody's paying attention to you, and that that's a big deal. And it really matters. And so 
as that goes forward, you just continue to to dismiss the bad behavior in hopes that it's going to be okay. So talk a little bit about this control factor because it's so big with both sexual assault and domestic violence. Right. Well, when we talk about violence in general and any type of abuse and neglect, it is all about control. I mean, that is the precipitating factor. And so when we talk to our kids and our adolescents and our teens and even adults, because it's it's not just that world, but we do want to start young and look at every individual and understanding that they need to understand what control is for themselves and understanding setting personal boundaries, setting expectations that when they understand what a relationship should be, you know, the healthy forms of it to understanding the bad, they can start being aware around them on, I'm already seeing that. Maybe I'm living at home with that. And I didn't know it was bad, but you're saying it's bad. And now I'm thinking about it. Um, And those are big things that we want them to start thinking about. We want to see the light bulb and their eyes go off when we're standing there talking to them about the things that maybe they've been told are okay, that this is how things are. Maybe we've been living that our whole lives and we've known nothing else, but to give them a different perspective, to give them that looking outside the box, you know, and that they've got choices. Yeah. They they've got the ability to have their own control. And that's and that's usually why the perpetrator, the person uh, has the ability to be as successful as he or she may be because of that control Absolutely. factor. Because they don't know any the, the the victim, and I hate using that word, but the survivor hopefully um, doesn't really realize they do have options, and that's something I think that most of our agencies, whether it's yours, Tara, or it's what you do, Robin, or it's uh, the women's shelter, whatever, it's to try to help those women find those options and be able to get on and have healthy lives. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Todd about his story in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning. Joining me today are Tara Wright, who is the uh, coordinator for Prevention and Education for Survivors Resource Center in Danville, Vermilion County, and Edgar County. Right. And Clark. And Clark. Don't forget <laughs> Clark. Um, and she's here. And while we're not actually specifically talking about sexual violence or assault, it is part of this issue of unhealthy relationships, which we seem to uh, continue to grow. And so what Tara does and what her educators do every day when they go into the schools is try to teach kids how to have healthy relationships. That's the only way we're going to break this cycle. It, it just is. Also here is Robin Castleberry, who heads up the Illinois Domestic Violence Awareness Group and is a survivor. She just told us her story. And uh, her husband, uh, Todd Castleberry, who is with the U.S. Military Domestic Violence Awareness uh, Group for military and first responders. So, Todd, what's your story? How did you get here? Um, well, I grew up in a... Um domestic violence home um my father was abusive um to all of the kids and my mother um i ended up living with my grandmother um towards the end of my uh school years from junior high to high school um then i moved out to massachusetts the day after i graduated high school to get away um from 
the violence. Um, after that, um, I got into a relationship um, with uh, my daughter's mother, and uh, had, everything was great at first. She was very loving, caring, and a great mother, and then uh, drugs came into play while I was away for uh, basic training uh, and AIT. She uh, ended up cheating on me with a drug dealer, and so the drugs got introduced into the family, mm-hmm. and uh, it just it, it all went downhill after that. Um, I tried to, for five years, tried to make the relationship work. Um, it just didn't happen, so uh, one night she got on a binge and decided to chase me around the house with a butcher knife and that's when I said was enough was enough um, I uh, collected my daughter and all our stuff and we ended up moving down to Virginia to get away from that um, I lived uh, I had a brother that lived down there so um, I picked up and rerouted down there for uh, a couple of years to just get myself collected and, and back under underneath my feet. Um, then uh, we moved, ended up moving back here to Illinois, um, and uh, been here ever since uh, 1999, uh, 2000. And uh, I ended up getting deployed right after 9/11. I was one of the first groups over to. Um, uh, overseas for Operation Enduring Freedom. And so uh, while I was on deployment, um, I uh, was assaulted in my barracks uh, by a group of uh, soldiers, um, kind of like a code red. Um, it was while I was sleeping, they came in and um, uh, assaulted me. And uh, uh, ever since then, I've just uh, I've been an advocate for domestic violence and and any kind of assault. Um, and uh, so, so that's a lot of trauma, dude. I mean, I yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've been through me, a lot. Tell me, tell me how you were able to survive that kind of trauma from your childhood into your adulthood, into your marriage. I mean, and then into the service. That's just a, that's a load of trauma. How, how have you gotten through that? Um, growing up, my grandmother was a strong woman, um, so I leaned on her a lot. Um, I, my mom, when she was still living, I leaned on her a lot. Um, I just, uh, a good, good strong faith in God, knowing uh. that, uh, that I would be able to get through it. Um, so what does your group actually do? Are you working with uh, folks, the first responders and military folks who yes. have experienced uh, violence or who have committed violence? Or what do you actually do? Um, it, it's mostly victims of, uh, of domestic violence or, or any kind of actual um, violence uh, caused to them. Um, we are um, all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really 
you know, if they have a story to tell, I let them tell it. And um, we also find resources for them. Um, what they're, if they're military, we try and get them through the VA um, into the counseling. They got a great PTSD um, um, shop here in in um, the Ileana VA healthcare system. Um, I am currently a um, a um, recipient of their services. So yeah. So Tara. You and I have talked about this. One of the myths and misconceptions that we all make is that this only happens to women. But actually, men uh, can be the victims of uh, violence, be it domestic violence or sexual assault. Absolutely. Um, and we want to make sure that people, you know, think about that, that, yes, there is a high percentage um, when we think about domestic violence specifically um, and sexual assault, but our boys, our men, and our children at large um, are all uh, touched by that um, and in so many different realms. When we're talking about our family unit um, and the people that we're around. So we, you know, um, just like Robin and Todd in the work they do, they're serving everybody uh, when we think about survivors and what they've been through, and that's what we're doing also at the Survivor Resource Center. It's going to be there for everyone. Well, and that's why what you're doing with our young people is so important. We're going to talk just a little bit more about that when we come back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning with Todd and Robin Castleberry, and they both are active participants in working um, to raise awareness about domestic violence. Todd works with military and first responders. Robin is uh, overall domestic violence awareness within the state of Illinois. And also here is Tara Wright, who heads up the uh, Education and Prevention uh, Arm of Survivors Resource Center, which... While it focuses on sexual assault, this whole thing about relationships is part of it. Tara, tell me what you're trying to do when when Brooke and uh, and you you know when your health educators go in to the schools now. It's it is certainly to talk about sexual assault and awareness, but at the root of that really is how we deal with each other and our relationships. Absolutely. Um, and we want to do that on all levels for all ages. Um, we look at spending quality time, so it's not just coming in once, but um, the schools have been very responsive and understanding that we feel that you know effectiveness and for it to be very beneficial um, is to spend quality time. So we are doing curriculums that have us in the schools, you know, doing lots of different sessions, and we're spending that quality time in all different areas that all encompass the same the same proactive focus that we want which is for everyone to realize you know that they're the boss for themselves that to understand what they're what they can know about their bodies their choices um boundaries uh, you know there's so many that don't understand that consent is their own and each time you know it needs to be used it needs to be asked um and when we talk about healthy relationships there's so many that don't understand the levels of violence and abuse uh, in an intimate partner, you know, relationship and teen dating violence. Our teens thinking that what they're seeing in the hallways and outside of school is normal 
and they don't realize that when they get into it, that's not okay. You know, but we, we give them options. We give them things to consider and think about, you know, on so many different levels. And I assume social media is part of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Irritating factor, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Because, you know, kids have always gotten in fights in the hallways uh, at school. That's just what they do. Right. Um, but now it's such an immediate um, reaction to violence because of so-and-so said such and such about you. Okay, well, I got a gun. And, and right. we're losing track of how to resolve conflict. And that's across the board. That just is the most amazing thing to me. We can't have ordinary conversations anymore. It's the the the, the level of rant is um, kind of scary out there. It I mean, is. it just takes you by surprise. Robin, for you, you know, you're 20 years into this, I think you said. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've done your own share of healing, but obviously sitting here talking about it, you still feel it. What is the message that you most want people to be aware of in terms of domestic violence from your perspective as a healthy survivor? Um, well, one thing people need to remember is you never completely get over it. Yeah. There's everyday triggers. So um, it really annoys me when someone says, oh, I don't know why she don't just get over it, or I don't know why she didn't just leave sooner. Well, there's lots of reasons why, you know, the manipulation. Well, what are the, what are the things people should, if someone's, uh, thinks they're in kind of it, the, the little you know the little hairs on the back of the neck every once in a while go up and they think oh I don't know is this right but they want so badly to make it right follow your gut they instinct can fix it. your gut instinct is always right yeah. and learn your red flags yeah that's you know and telltale are, signs of, of could be a, an what abuser what are the things to look for um the controlling factor? The I controlling think. factor, um, manipulation. Um, when they tell a story, it's always how great they are yeah. or this one's to blame, everyone else is to blame. Um, yeah, you just you watch for little things like that. Yeah. And, Todd, from your perspective with what all you went through with your family trauma as a child and then as an adult with your relationship with your, your, your uh, ex-wife, what are the things you think you tell you uh, do you tell the military and first responders that they need to look for? Well, I'm mostly um, tell them to you know um, own their own their story. Um, it's theirs; nobody can take it away from them. And when they're comfortable with dealing with it, then um, uh, you know we we find and seek out the correct uh, uh, treatment for them and get the help that they need um. so so Todd for uh, for your group for military and first responders if somebody um, wants to talk to someone or if someone wants to get involved and help how should they reach out to you um, we have a Facebook page um, I also have uh, uh, tell us what that Facebook page is um, it's the um, Illinois, um, actually, <laughs> no, let, let my secretary do that. Mine's, <laughs> mine's Illinois Domestic Violence Awareness, and his is U.S. Military okay. um, Domestic Violence Awareness. Um, and what they've done is they've broke it down into each individual branch of the military. They have a separate page for Army, Navy, all of the different entities. 
so they can get help. And then right. you know, somebody can reach out to you anytime, and they can reach yeah. out to you, Tara. Definitely. At, um, we, also, we also volunteer with Tara yeah. um, and the Survivor Resource Center. And um, that's, that's real important. Uh, the, the volunteers do, uh, do a lot to help with that. But we also have some just incredible professional staff that they're just amazing at how they can talk to people and help them work through. So how can they reach you, Tara? Uh, you guys can reach us uh, anytime at 217-446-1337 and visit our website, www.survivorresourcecenter.org, and that will take you to all our different pages. Yeah, and again, if you're, if you're feeling that, if those little hairs on the back of your neck are standing up, as Robin said, listen to your gut, because mm-hmm. that probably means... Things aren't quite right, and I think the worst mistake that most people make who are in that situation, and they make it honestly, is they think they can fix it, and you can't do you that. You can never fix yeah. it. So. There's also a National Domestic Violence Hotline. It's 1-800-799-7233. Thank you all for being here this morning and helping us with this conversation. Thank you for Join me here. tomorrow. I'll be back in the studio with Jim Russell from the Mental Health 708 Board. We're going to kind of do a whole mental health overview of all these issues that we've been talking about this month. So join us on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.